Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I am so excited tonight as we have an amazing modern rock band coming on momentarily named Repill Morning. And Jeff Stebbins, the vocalist, is going to be joining us, and we're going to have an awesome interview tonight. We're going to learn all about Repill Morning, their amazing album, and about these guys' musical backgrounds and how they've gotten to where they are today with all their hard work, perseverance, and dedication. So I'll introduce the band a little more in a moment. I wanted to just also just, again, it's been an amazing run having this show and supporting so many amazing creative people out there. Uh, they're joining tonight the likes of bands Digital Summer, Otherwise, Reigns, Candlelight Red, Eve to Adam, Ghost of August, Janice, Art of Dying, Prospect Hill, and the list goes on. So please, everyone, check out the podcast. Check out all the amazing musicians I've had on my show, as well as filmmakers, comedians, um, and other creative persons. So done over 100 interviews so far, and the show's been going so well, so I thank you for all of your support. Before I bring them on, I always like to do a brief introduction. If you're new to my show tonight and tuning in for the first time, a little bit about myself. Um, my background is in clinical psychology, and that's what I have my doctorate degree in. I work predominantly in clinical and uh, forensics. And one of the things I just really enjoy doing is interviewing people. So I decided what a better thing to do than to combine my passion for the entertainment industry. I'm also a singer-songwriter with a full-length album out as a solo artist. And I do some writing for some entertainment magazines as well as currently do the show. So I really wanted to create a forum where I could bring people on and support them and help them spread the word and uh, the name about who they are. Because I know personally by managing everything independently on my own how difficult and challenging the entertainment industry can be. And Jeff can talk all about that tonight because I know from reading his bio and doing a lot of research on the band, these guys have worked really hard to get to where they are today and I really value and respect people who do that kind of grunt work and the groundwork to get themselves up and running because uh, this is not something that usually happens overnight where you just become this uh, success and make millions, and I'm sure he can tell us all about that. So I'm going to show you are going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like. was purely for entertainment purposes, and we're not doing any uh, psychoanalysis or therapy on the air, so uh, we can talk about things in broad context, but um, we're not going to be doing anything formal. And also, I do want my guests to feel down to earth and to feel like they could talk about whatever they want, but just to keep any specific person's names or organizations, especially if it's going to be maybe of an embarrassing or humiliating nature, uh, anonymous, because I don't want my show to personally embarrass anyone. But I am a fan of comedy. I'm a huge Howard Stern fan, so please entertain us and tell us some really interesting stories, too. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. If you want to call in tonight and ask questions, the number is 805 243-1320. I do have a chat room open. There's numerous people in there, so thank you for joining us. You can post some comments in there. Again, I'm a one-person show, so I'm kind of doing everything on my own. So please call in if you want to ask some questions. I'll go back and forth to the switchboard. And if you have questions, you can also try to post them in the chat room, and I will try to get to them. All right, let me tell you about Three Pill Morning, and then I'm going to bring Jeff on the air. So these guys are just amazing. I'd heard about them a while back, but it wasn't until I recently heard their song, I Want That For You, on uh, Sirius XM Octane. That's predominantly all I've been listening to is satellite radio for the past, I guess, six or seven years that it's been out. And uh, they just immediately grabbed my attention. The band, as I indicated in the beginning of the show, did, they purely demonstrate what hard work, perseverance, and just never giving up can lead to. Um, their music is just so catchy, commercial. It is literally infectious. Jeff's voice and the tone of it, I, I don't know. I've never heard anything like it. I just I totally love his voice, and it just really pulls the listener in, in addition to it, that the music is just phenomenal. So everyone has to check out their album, Black Tie Love Affair. We're going to play two of their singles tonight on the radio show. These guys have also toured with Seven Dots, Framingham, Lee Nonpoint. They've been shows with uh, bands such as Digital Summer and so many other major awesome bands out there, too. So please check them out. Go to 3 Morning. Dot com, and we're going to bring Jeff on now. 
Hey, Jeff, how are you? Hey, Carrie, how are you doing tonight? Good, thank you for joining me and coming on. Not a problem. Cool. I'm looking forward to having you on and uh, promoting this album of yours, which I said at the beginning is just phenomenal. I worked out for tonight. I can't get enough of it. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's really, really great. So as I said, I want us to, you know, kind of take the interview in whatever direction you'd like to go, and I have some questions prepared. But, you know, if there's something particular you want to hone in on or talk about, please feel free to just make it open-ended and, you know, go wherever you want to go. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. Cool. So let's, I always like to start, again, I mentioned I'm a psychologist, sorry about that, but I always like to start out by asking a little bit about, you know, tell us about yourself growing up. Did you grow up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where you're located? Um, I, I grew up north of the Twin Cities in a, in a small town in northern Minnesota, so, um, you know, music was always a part of our family and, you know, a part of what we did. Um you know, all, all kinds of different styles growing up. I, I even, you know, my brother and I started writing stupid little songs as, you know, very young kids, and I've just always kind of maintained that all the way through. So it's always been a passion of mine, um, cool. you know, up until this point and will continue to be one. Very cool. So when you talk about writing growing up, did you take musical lessons as a kid? Were you, you know, involved in vocal lessons, or was this something just that came natural to you? Um. I mean, some of it came very naturally, and and because it came naturally, uh, you know, I did get involved in the band and choir kind of stuff, and you know, performed basically all throughout school, um, in a variety on a variety of levels, and then yeah, continued, you know, sort of working on that craft and moved even further as I started to really get into, um, you know, being a frontman and a performer was more on the the vocal lesson side of things and really, you know, trying to learn as much about what it is I do day in and day out as a musician to, you know, try to be the best that I can be. So, you know, kind of taking that first initial interest, but always pushing it to, you know, now make it something that's a part of my life. So it's been a pretty cool process. That's awesome. And you mentioned, and I could definitely see it in the video when I watched your video, Skin, were you involved in theatrics growing up, like in school? Were you in plays and things like that? I did a little bit of that, but, you know, pretty much everybody in the band has a pretty outgoing personality, so we're all kind of goofy as it is and enjoy (laughs) you know, the acting and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, what, related to music videos and stuff like that. Um, cool. But, yeah, it, it wasn't a huge part of what I did, but it's still something we have a good time doing. Very cool. Now, did you, and again, this is just, I always like to ask this question. I mean, like I saw in your bio, music was something that you said you couldn't give up. Like, this was something that you were meant to do, you were destined to do. Was there any other backup plans if music didn't work out for you? Did you, you know, go to college or do something with a trade where you got a skill so that, God forbid, it didn't work out? Or was it just, no, you were just going to do music? Um, No, I mean, there, you know, there are certainly contingencies that are out there. Obviously, a man's got to eat, you know, at some point right. in time here. So, um, you know, there's, I guess there's always backup plans. But, you know, once, the transition for this band is, you know, like most bands, it starts out as kind of a hobby and a mm-hmm. good time. Somebody's getting together to play music and, and really learn how to write songs and how to write in a group. And, you know, that period for me was a huge amount of growth and just understanding music in general, you know, and, and getting to learn more about all the bands that I loved growing up and all that kind of stuff. But you hit that critical point as, you know, what I call a local band where you make the decision. You're either going to jump off the dock and go for it or, you know, you're going to enjoy playing some weekends and, you know, just hanging out with friends and all that kind of stuff. And um, we hit that point and and went for it. And that was kind of the turning point from the, you know, the, the contingency plan to actually just making it a reality. Right. So let's let's digress a little bit. When you talked about forming the band prior to Three Pill Morning, were you involved in a variety of projects before, like you said, you really got serious about doing this band and making it, you know, get to the next level? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I played quite a bit of drums growing up, so I played in some oh, punk cool. bands, and I'd fill in, you know, for some cover bands and things along those lines. And I'd always done some singing and stuff with uh, with friends of mine, but you know, I always thought that maybe I'd just be a drummer and sing some backup vocals, but, you know, it got to a point where I had some, you know, song ideas that I liked, and I thought I wanted to jump out from behind the kit and actually, you know, be a, you know, be a lead singer or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's when we started Three Pill Morning and, you know, basically started to build the band around that idea and see where it would, see where it would go. Cool, and I know you mentioned that, 
you had some challenges along the way with, I guess, you know, finding that core group of people that were probably on the same page and had the same, you know, attitude and destiny that you guys wanted to have. What were some of the difficulties when you were looking for members or what were some of the issues that maybe led members to transition out of the band? And you don't have to get into details, but I think people always find it interesting educational-wise, you know, to hear from a band at your caliber what were some of the struggles you had and how did you guys overcome them? Right. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a really good question. I think the thing that, you know, that people don't always realize is really just how hard it is to, you know, accomplish anything in music, to even mm-hmm. get an opportunity to play in a different town or things along those lines. So, you know, the cool part is anybody that's ever been part of the band in the past, we're all still, you know, good friends and we all get along cordially. So it was never something where we just didn't get along. And I think okay. you'd talk to anybody that's, you know, been a part of a band that decided they didn't want to do it anymore. It's that, you know, life happens essentially, and you've got to make a decision. Are you going to stay grinding on the road for your entire life to, you know, achieve some certain level of success? Or, you know, do other things happen that you meet somebody or, you know, there is a huge job opportunity that you just can't pass up. And you make those decisions and you live with them and move on. And, you know, the part of me as, you know, sort of starting the band and seeing where things, you know, were beginning to go is I just kind of said, never said die, and I wasn't going to quit until I got exactly what I wanted, and that meant staying out on the road. It meant playing, you know, a lot of shows that maybe weren't amazing shows to two people or three people or ten people, Um, but with the thought in mind that if we spent the time, you know, slugging it out, it was going to pay off and people were going to start to know our name, and the only thing that I knew we had control over was um, playing stages and meeting people, whether it was one or two at a time. And so that's always kind of been our mantra. And that's a lot to take. You know, you're living with four or five dudes inside a tiny little van for, you know, two or 300 days out of the year. That's uh, that's a lot to take on for a lot for anybody. So wow. um, that's kind of where, where changes have been made. But, you know, people that get it and just have that sixth sense in their head that they can actually survive on the road and, you know, whatever is demented about us that makes us continue doing it. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're glad that we can do that. That's cool. So when would you say the core members, you know, came together with the band? Because you guys started it in about 2004 is when you started the band? Yeah, and, you know, we did the did the Weekend Warrior stuff for probably mm-hmm. the first four or five years. And the, then over the last two or three years is when we really started to put the miles on and get the opportunities to play. You know, I think besides... I think just California and Maine are the only two states that we haven't played shows in at this point in time. So, you know, we've got to see the entire United States. We got to do things like ship rock and, you know, play on a cruise ship with a lot of huge rock bands. Uh, We got to go over to Greenland and play for the armed forces over there. So we've had some really amazing experiences over the last three years here. And it's, you know, a lot of it's just from that sort of stick to it mentality that, you know, nobody's going to keep us from achieving what we want to achieve. So it's been pretty exciting to watch the growth of our band over the last few years here. That's awesome. It's really cool. Talk a little bit about, and then we'll we'll definitely, you know, debut one of the songs. Um, In your bio, you talk a little bit about how your music has evolved. And unfortunately, I haven't heard the older stuff, but you say it goes more from kind of a written rap rock to this kind of anthemic rock band now. How would you describe what it used to sound like and then tell us a little bit about the evolution and why you went in the direction of the sound that you guys have now? Sure. Um, yeah, early on, uh, the I, you know, I used to do more hip-hop and things along those lines. And coming from that drumming background, you know, a lot of the stuff I was feeling was very rhythmic and very, you know, how, how cool the rhymes can I have and all this kind of stuff was, you know, sort of my mentality. And, you know, I enjoy rapping and I enjoy hip-hop a lot, but as, you know, as I started to get older and I started to listen to rock music, you know, not rap rock, just, you know, some of the new rock that was coming out and even some of the bands that I've always been into, the, you know, the um, Red Hot Chili Peppers and the Zeppelins and the, you know, the more rock-type bands, Mm -hmm. I found it more challenging and more interesting to, you know, trying to write a song with less lyrics that has the same impact where everything relies on the melody and the weight of the lyrics that you put into that song, I thought was, you know, was a bigger challenge for me. Because, you know, in, in hip-hop, you can throw as many words at it as you want right. and tell a story in, in pretty great detail. But to minimize that and still make it something that people can connect with was something that, you know, I started to really get excited about the the melody and, and the hooks and all that kind of stuff. And so that's kind of the direction that all of us collectively 
you know, wanted to take things. And, you know, that's kind of the direction that we started to go as a group. And, you know, from there, that's kind of what's taken shape on our latest album, Black Tie Love Affair, is more of, you know, how can we, you know, tell this story that we're dying to tell, but without making it something that needs this novel to get behind or really understand what's right. going on. So, um, yeah, that was that was kind of the turning point for us. That's awesome. Now, I like the way you kind of put that because I'm also a singer-songwriter, and I think that's one of the cha- most challenging things for me is just being so wordy sometimes. And your music, like you're saying, it really does illustrate that the powerful words that you have without being too wordy and the melody behind it can really have a huge impact. So that's that's really cool to how you put that thing. It can be challenging to do what you're doing and that you wanted to hone in on that. So that's cool. Really cool. Um, so tell us about, you know, please introduce the members of your band. You know, mention who is currently in the band. Give them some plugs and stuff. and do you want to have a little story about how you guys came together, or if there's anything entertaining, please share something. Yeah, well, I mean, the the band we have now is basically all got to know each other here in the, in the Minneapolis scene, with the exception um, the guitar player Ryan Walsh and myself have been friends for a long time, and we um, even when we started Three Pill Morning, he had another band that he was playing in at the time, so um, we got to know each other. I played a little bit of drums in his band. He played a little guitar with Three Pill and know kind of maintain that relationship over the years until we started writing some songs together and you know kind of taking the band from there and then um you know obviously playing in minneapolis to begin with got to know a lot of different musicians and as like i said before that touring lifestyle becomes very challenging um Mm -hmm. at least as you start to build the name of your band in the area you uh get to pick some of the great musicians around here that are trying to do the same thing and maybe experiencing some of those similar challenges so um, we were able to pick up Trent Lagerman, who is a phenomenal drummer and uh, is, you know, basically taking the reins of drums, and we have Ryan Lee on bass. So, um, yeah, we're all Minneapolis guys now and enjoying what we're doing and excited for the uh, the months and the road ahead. Cool, cool, very cool. And we'll definitely talk a little bit later on about what's coming up with uh, tours and who you guys are going to be playing with and stuff like that. So tell us a little bit about how you came up with the title, Three Pill Morning, for the band, because it's a really cool name. What's the... Uh, What's the meaning behind that? Well, as I'm sure you've heard on just about every interview you've ever done, the whole (laughs) naming the band thing is, you know, always the most difficult and stressful thing because that's what you're going to be known as. And I can recall, you know, us having a list of 30 names and all of them being incredibly terrible. But um, (laughs) the one at the time that seemed to rise up on the list was Three Pill Morning. And just due to the fact that, um, you know, our guitar player at the time was – kind of a lazy dude, and I think he had to take three ephedrine just to even communicate with anybody at that point in time. And so Three Pill Morning got on the list, and, you know, as we started to think about the name, we started to realize that it doesn't really matter what kind of, you know, medication or pills you're talking about. Everybody is medicated in some way, shape, or form. It's just kind of the the world we live in right now, whether it's a couple of multivitamin and a Tylenol or after a heavy Mm -hmm. night of drinking, your Prophet 3 Advil, you know, pick your poison beyond that. But it's something that all of a sudden everybody said, wow, you know, I, I had a three-pill morning or, you know, whatever the, whatever they came up with. So it's kind of stuck, and people seem to really like it, and, and we like it because it makes sense on a variety of levels. So it, it's mm-hmm. been really good to us. That's awesome. That's really cool. It's a great name. I love it. And who would you say some of the influences, because I know you were talking about Red Hot Chili Peppers and some of your older influences when you were doing more of the rap rock thing. Who are some more current bands today that you would say inspire you guys or – you know, influence the band? I think, um, you know, the cool part is we've been lucky enough to play with a lot of the the bands that we really look up to, you know, in Mm -hmm. in more of the current rock. So the the Chevelle, Papa Roach, um, you know, Breaking Benjamin's not doing too much right now. But, you know, again, I think all three of those bands write phenomenal songs with great melody and a lot of power behind it. All of them have albums and songs that I can relate to different periods in my life where I really connected with the song and all that. Um, there's a lot of those bands that, you know, we really look up to and, and we're excited. You know, Hailstorm is another band that writes really great songs. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of cool stuff that, that we're all into right now. Cool. Very cool. All right, so let's do this. We're going to check out one of your songs, and I figured we'll take a couple of the singles off. I definitely want to play I Want That For You Later. That's just phenomenal. I love that song. But uh, let's start out with Skin. Tell us about that because I had a chance, like I said, to see the video and I really enjoyed that song. So tell us a little bit about the meaning of that song and also the attire that you use in the video. I think it's interesting, kind of the 
you know, the, the tie and, like, the suit type of look, is that something you do regularly on stage, or was that just for that video? Well, um, one of the lyrics in the song, Skin, is I never promised you a black tie love affair. And right. so we had actually written the song before we came up with the title of the album. And as we started to, you know, put this album together, it sort of started to become this reoccurring theme of what we had going on, this black tie love affair, where, you know, our meaning behind that is everything seems like it's going to be just awesome and perfect, but in the end, you know, everything's a struggle. And, and you know, you can get your heart broken, you can, you know, run up against all kinds of different confrontations in life, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's not as rosy as it seems. And so this black tie love affair concept, we kind of took that from, you know, the inception of that song into the title of the album and then really sort of even revamped, um, you know, our attire on stage. And, you know, in that video looks very much like what we look like when we take the stage now. So I rock a suit and we rock suits and ties and all that kind of stuff. And it's just kind of become us for this album at this point in time so much that, you know, people have started to show up at shows with, you know, suits and ties on and things like that and, you know, <laughs> awesome. really nicely dressed, which is, you know, not that common for your normal rock show and stuff like that. So it's cool to see people get into it and really enjoy what we're doing with it, and we're having a blast with that, you know, that kind of concept as well. So it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. And I think it's an interesting dichotomy, too, because, you know, if you just hear you guys before you look at, you know, what you're wearing and what you guys look like, you think just this, like, rock band, you know what I mean? So it's it's an interesting kind of dichotomy to see you guys in the suit and being more, like you said, formal, even though the music is not, you know, going down that road. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's probably the one of the big things that we hear. You know, we'll, we'll take the stage. Um, you know, we were touring with Seven Dust, and I don't know how many times people came up afterwards and were like, I don't know, man, you guys got on the stage with your suits and ties, and I was like, this is going to suck, and then all of a sudden you guys were heavy, and you were awesome, and you put on this live show, and it, it's kind of cool, you know, the way, I think hopefully it goes to show don't judge a book by its cover right away, exactly. you know, give somebody a chance to show them what they're made of and what they can bring to the table um, before you have, you know, any perception on what it's going to be, but I kind of like surprising people that way, so that's that's another way it's worked out well for us. Very cool. No, it's awesome. Really cool. All right, so let's do this. I'm going to put you on hold, and we're going to check out Skin, and then we're going to come back, and I definitely want to talk about uh, the producer you work with, John King, and the recording of the album, because that's just phenomenal from the mix to the master. Everything's great on the album. All right, so we'll talk more about that, upcoming shows, and some other interesting stuff about you guys. Sounds good. Okay, cool. Hold on. All right, everyone, again, you're listening to the lead singer and the founder of 3 Pill Morning, Jeff Stebbins. We are going to check out right now their hit single, Skin. Please check it out on YouTube. It's an awesome video, as well as make sure you download or purchase a copy of their album, Black Tie Love Affair, and go to 3PillMorning.com for upcoming shows and events on them. We'll be back in a moment. I'm 
right, everyone, welcome back again, 3 till morning, and their hit single skin, and just perfect timing, 2 minutes and 56 seconds. These guys know how to write amazing hit singles, perfect for radio. So I want to do a couple of quick plugs for a couple of advertisements for the show. Everyone be sure to check out Talent Spotlight Magazine. It's an amazing online magazine. They do interviews with all different types of musicians, filmmakers, uh, artists, do some really good in-depth interviews. So please check them out. If anyone's interested, you can reach out to Jessica Gilbert. Go to talentspotlightmagazine.net. Also, be sure if you're looking for any type of uh, advertising services, bands that are looking for logos, uh, T-shirts, etc., go to Quantum Design Lab. They do some amazing graphic design, everything from, like I said, T-shirts, websites, digital media. So go to QD, qdlab.com. It's quantumdesignlab.com. And lastly, if you are interested in comedy, check out Davin's Den. It is a fast-paced podcast featuring comedians Davin Rosenblatt, Joe Curry, and Pip Helix. So if you're looking for a show that is edgy, that can make you think and laugh at the same time, check out Davin's Den. They go live Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. To watch live episodes here or watch old episodes or find out more about the show, go to Davin's Den page at davincomedy.com. And again, for the um, advertising site for the graphic design, it is quantumdesignlab.com, and that's spelled Q-U-A-N-T-U-M, designlab.com. All right, so let's bring Jeff back on. All right, Jeff, awesome song. Love it. Can't get enough of it. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Great stuff. Really cool stuff. So let's talk, as I said, let's talk a little bit about kind of your, your writing process, the recording process, talking about John King and how you uh, met up with him. So when you guys are writing a song, is it something where you come up with the vocals and the melody, or is this something where someone might come up with the music? What's your what's your process when you guys are putting a song together? It, um, you know, it really varies from song to song. Um, you know, sometimes I'll have a, a vocal melody or a lyric that I'll kind of bring to the table and we might jam on that and come up with something. A lot of times, you know, Ryan will come to the table with a guitar riff or, you know, a a certain progression that we're working Mm with. It it really varies from song to song, but we'll, you know, we'll build up the song and we'll rip it apart and then play it acoustically and and see, you know, if we create some things that we like there and then try it again. And then obviously it even takes on another shape once we actually get into the studio. So, it's a pretty iterative process to, you know, finally get everything to the level where we all like what it is and, you know, are accomplishing we want to with the track. But, um, you know, it's it's cool the collaborative effort that goes into it. Cool. Very cool. And when you guys are rehearsing and stuff, do you have your own rehearsal space or is this something you do out of your house? I'm just trying to, you know, help people feel at home. You guys learn a little bit about kind of what it's like to be in your shoes. Yeah, we've got a nice little 12 by 12 chunk of carpet in a rehearsal space here in Minneapolis that we sweat okay. inside. So, yeah, that's where we get ready to head out on the road and, um, yeah, where we do a lot of our, our jamming and songwriting and then uh, from there obviously take it into the studio down in Nashville once we've got, you know, some songs ready to start to demo out and things like that. Cool. Very cool. So how did you end up uh, meeting up with John King, who we know has produced Augustana, Throwing Gravity, Future Leaders of the World, some amazing, you know, uh, musicians that he's worked with. Tell us a little bit about hooking up with him and just the process on working with him. Um, You know, it was kind of a, we were down, um, we did a a little two-week run, and one of the stops that we did was uh, down in Nashville, and he happened to be out um, at a similar, we went, I think we went to see the Ataris or something like that anyway. Um, had kind of set up a pseudo meeting to meet up there and had a, just a very brief introduction. And, um, you know, he was actually working with future leaders of the world at the time and uh, we're buddies with the guitar player in that band. And so anyway, cool. through, through that, uh, you know, mutual connection, we found some time to swing by his studios and Ryan and I played a couple of the songs we've been working on acoustically and uh, he didn't kick us out and said we could stay and <laughs> do some music. So um, it worked out real well and, you know, from that point in time, um, you know, we really started uh, kind of developing that sound. And we wrote, uh, we put out an independent CD that had about half of the songs on Black Tie Love Affair, had that um, figured out before we um, we had signed our deal. So we had worked with John previously on, on a certain amount of songs and then, you know, really worked together a lot to put the entire album together. And it's been 
Uh, he's been really good to us. I mean, he, he's it's very difficult to find people these days that, you know, take a project on, not just to have a project and actually right. care about the success of the band, you know, not just, um, you know, as far as selling units, but, you know, as people and as friends and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, anybody that's worked with him, I think, could definitely see that. So we've been fortunate in that regard. That's really cool. No, like you said, it, it's hard to find someone interpersonally that, A, you connect with, that, like you said, you can trust that's there because your best interests are in mind, and that definitely sounds like something he's exuded throughout the whole entire process in terms of working with you guys and putting out an amazing product. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's really cool. How long did it take you guys to record the album? Well, um, the first uh, first five or six songs we did completed about a year prior so that you know took us a month or two and then um you know a month or two again and you know the tough part about what we're trying to accomplish is we are trying to make sure that we stay on the road and you know are touring non-stop so it's kind of you get a week here you get a week there and then maybe we can dedicate three weeks you know so it wasn't all uh, just a non-stop like a lot of bands you know we'll go into the studio for three months and then come right. together and we were trying to make sure that we were staying on the road and staying in people's faces as much as possible while still trying to get, you know, good sound and recordings put together to give us the best opportunity. And so over that course of two months, we were able to get it done here in time for a release uh, last summer. Cool. Very cool. And speaking of, like you said, going on the road and, and signing, tell us about the uh, the people that you have signed with, uh, King's Page 2 Music and also New York-based A2V Entertainment. When did that come about? And tell us a little bit about how you chose them as the people to uh, go with. We, um, you know, as we had started to, you know, really tour hard on our independent release, we started to, uh, you know, garner an okay amount of interest from a few different uh, labels and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as we were starting to look at different options, you know, one of the things that came to the table in, in having John involved was, you know, just that he was going to be a part of a lot of what was going on. Um, from a page two A to Z side of things, and then they had partnered with E1 um, Entertainment as well out of New York to, you know, really give us a, a lot of different opportunities to get the albums in, in a variety of locations and all the contacts. You know, they've got bands like Pop Evil and Bush and um, nice. Smile Empty Soul and stuff like that. So, you know, kind of taking the best of best of the, what those three entities could bring together, you know, gave us what we thought was the best opportunity to take things to the next level and have a good team behind us that's actually going to help us accomplish some, some big things. And, you know, we've been lucky in that regard. That's really cool. What would you, I mean, just again, just what would you say from your learning experience in terms of what people should look for? Because, you know, a lot of musicians out there just think, oh, I'm getting signed and I'm going to become huge and I'm going on the road tomorrow and I'm going to make millions. But as we know, you know, I could say I have a label and the next person next to me could say they have a label. So what are some things that you would say, you know, kind of analytically and critically people should look for before they do kind of sign that dotted line and potentially send their life away, so to speak. Right. Yeah, I mean, we did a lot a lot of, you know, looking at what made the most sense for us. And mm -hmm. since we have worked so hard to get to the, even the level that we're at right now, um, we wanted to make sure that we had still a lot of control over what we were doing. You know, if we were going to be putting in the miles and the effort, we wanted to be able to, you know, make that money touring and things along those lines. So there's a lot of deals out there where, you know, they take half of everything you do. Right. And so, you know, you want to be structuring some type of partnership, and we're certainly not the – there's a lot more bands that have been through this many, many more times than us that can tell you all the do's and don'ts of it. But, mm -hmm. you know, our big thing was we wanted somebody that was really going to work with us to try to give us as much exposure um, as we can because even though we've been, you know, doing this since 2004 – we're still pretty new to the national scene, you know, and, and so we needed somebody that was going to help us make the biggest splash. And I think people need to realize it just takes a long, long, long time to make anything happen. You just need to keep pushing forward no matter what happens. Um, otherwise, you don't stand a chance. Right. And I agree with what you said. I mean, I'm reflecting back on just, you know, all the amazing bands, including you guys, that I've had the opportunity to interview. And it was so interesting because when I first started interviewing more, you know, national acts and big acts, you still have this kind of delusion that this happened overnight for these people, you know, because you guys are so good. you got these amazing hit songs. And what I've seen theme-wise from the interviews is on average it's taken people almost eight to ten years before they start mm -hmm. to really see some tread. And it's just so interesting. It's so, 
again, just humbling in some ways just to see all the hard work you guys put in to make it pay off. And I just think that's amazing. Well, and we're we're just getting started. You know, that's right, the crazy right. part. I mean, you, you think you've accomplished this one thing, but now you're back at the bottom of the food chain and you're trying to work your way up to that next level. So there's always somebody for us to catch, and that's what keeps us motivated. Right, right. Well, you guys are doing amazing, and I think you should be really proud of everything you have accomplished, even if you see it as kind of, you know, another level and another, you know, step to kind of climb. You've climbed a lot of steps, and you've you've gotten really far. So it's just it's really cool. Really cool. So let's do this. Let's uh, check out, talk a little bit about, again, like I said, this song that's just all over Sirius X and Octane and played everywhere, too. Um, I want that for you. Talk a little bit about that song and, you know, the meaning behind that. Was that something that's about a relationship you were in or just a, a general song that kind of you observed from seeing other people's relationships? Or tell us a little bit about it. I mean, I think there, there's parts of it that, you know, are, are very personal, and then there's parts of it that, you know, just looking at relationships in general, and in particular, a relationship where, you know, you're you're headed in two different paths, and you you actually care about that person enough to finally say, you know, you got to move on and, and do something else, and I really hope the best for you. Versus the, you know, we're breaking up. I can't stand you. I hope you die. Kind of standpoint. Right. Really, uh, this one's a little bit more. You know, we're adult enough to know that. I know you want to stay here, but this just isn't going to work for anybody. And for me to go and accomplish my dreams and goals, you need to find your own path and, and not wait for me because it's it's just making it very, very difficult on all of us. So, you know, that, that standpoint of, you know, especially as a musician, always being on the road and always being gone, you know, it's a lot to take to be with somebody sure. like, like a musician or, or not even a musician, some people in the armed forces, people – you know, athletes, any, anybody that's gone, mm-hmm. <laughs> truckers, you know, anybody that's gone for long periods of time, it's a challenge to make a relationship work like that, a long distance where you don't get to see somebody very often. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to cough here. So that's okay. kind of what that song was about, and I think a, a lot of people can relate to it. I know all of us do in the band, and, you know, it just kind of it kind of hit home, and it's one of those songs where we all just kind of pushed ourselves a little bit further than we ever had, you know, vocally with our, our musical parts, just the heaviness of it, you know, it's something that we were all really connecting with, and it's a song that our friends and fans and, you know, everybody from the get-go said, you know, either this is one of the best songs you guys have ever written, or right. you know, I love that song, all that kind of stuff, so it is very, very gratifying for um, us to have the band love it, our fans and friends love it, and then all of a sudden radio to get behind it and say, no, this this really is an awesome song. You know, we want to support it however we can. So it's been really exciting to watch it take off. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, again, it's just it's an amazing track. So let's uh, put you on hold. We're going to check it out, and then we'll come back and uh, do some more of the interview. All right? Sounds great. Okay, hold on. All right, everyone, again, you're listening to Jeff Stebbins, the lead singer and founder of Three Pill Morning. If you tuned in late to the show, just please be aware that a podcast will be available of the show and interview after it's over. So you can stream it, you can download it. Please, again, check out all of the other amazing people I've had the opportunity and honor to interview on my show by scrolling through the library of podcasts that I have. So let's check it out now. All right, it's I Want That For You. Again, it's off their album, Black Tie Love Affair. Check them out by going to 3 com, and we will back, be back in a moment.
All right, everyone, again, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show, an amazing song. I want that for you, 3 till morning. Please download their copy, download a copy, again, long day, guys. Download a copy of their album, Black Tie Love Affair, and it's just a phenomenal album. Every song on the album could be a hit single. So uh, download it. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it and love it, and check these guys out at a live show. We're going to talk about their upcoming shows, tours, and uh, some other interesting information about them. All right, Jeff, welcome back. Thank you. Awesome, awesome, awesome track. Really cool. So um, tell us a little bit about uh, ever get involved in having writer's block, anything like that. Again, your your words are just infectious. They're amazing the way you put the melodies together, and it's just, yeah, really cool. Have you ever encountered anything like that? And if so, how did you tackle that or deal with it? It, it it hasn't happened yet, but I think wow. every time you get done writing an album, you freak out a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what if I can't ever, you know, what if the next thing I do doesn't progress beyond what we did last time, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, right. you know, I think once we actually get down and we start putting stuff together, there's enough crazy stuff going on in the world right now where it seems like there's always something to write about. And instead of, you know, the, the blessing that I have is in, instead of having to internalize it or you know, let things bother me, I can get it down on a piece of paper and I can I can write a song about it and I can have, a, you know, a media to be able to communicate with a lot of different people as to how I feel. So it's cool that I don't ever have to keep it bottled up and music is certainly the way that a lot of us, you know, can kind of express that. Definitely, definitely. No, very well put. And speaking of like you're talking about ways to communicate with people and, and get stuff out there, just tell us a little bit about your perception, your impression of social media sites, you know, how that's really kind of revolutionized and changed music today, you know, compared to maybe 10, 12 years ago when we didn't have all these different avenues to keep in touch with people and promote our music. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on them and the, the benefits of them, if there's any constructive, you know, feedback or drawbacks to them. Yeah, well, I think I think it's great, obviously, first and foremost, and the fact that, um, for us, the reason we love social media is, um, you know, it has got us some new fans and certainly expanded people's visibility to it. But we love it even more in the fact that after we actually get a chance to hang out and meet people at shows, we can communicate and keep in touch. You know, so mm-hmm. that's how we've been able to create, um, you know, everything good for the band has been from the live show and, and maintaining that, you know, that ability to not have fans but friends, you know, and people that we are actually able to keep in touch with. The flip side is, you know, social media makes it so there's 8 billion bands out there and everybody's got a Facebook page and a Twitter. And so, you know, there's a lot more. I think people now have the struggle of sifting through a lot more stuff to actually find something that they think is worthwhile. So I think it can Mm. also hurt music in that regard in that, you know, in the past, I guess the the most simple way that people were made aware of music was through the radio, but now they certainly have a corridor to be exposed to a lot more stuff. It's just how much of it, you know, gets in the way of them actually being able to find what they want to find. So there are goods and bads in the fact that there's just so much stuff out there for people to check out. Um, But we do love the fact that it's so simple for us to, you know, keep in touch with people, be able to have a conversation with people, you know, via Twitter, via Facebook, and we're, you know, we're we're religious on being on those different um, areas. And it's really cool to be able to, you know, create videos and get them up on YouTube and all that stuff. Obviously, MTV and Fuse and some of those other stations just aren't playing music videos like they used to. So without Vivo on YouTube, it would be very difficult for us to, again, kind of take that next level of expression and be able to create the videos that we've created and be able to get those ideas out there too. So uh, a lot of good stuff in social media, I guess. Yeah, no, I think you I think you captured it very well. I think it's interesting. I never really looked at it that way when you talked about the constructive component of yet a lot of stuff to sift to sift through, you know, more bands out there trying to compete for people's attention. That's a really interesting way to look at it because I never really I never framed it that way or looked at it that way. But I think in your favor, you know, in a lot of the other bigger bands and national acts out there, you have a name for yourself. So it's kind of like you have that edge already, which is great. Um, so it's not like people really have to sift to find you guys because you got a lot going for you. But that's an interesting way to kind of preface it, too. So that's interesting. 
Yeah. What is your, I mean, while we're on the topic of, you know, different social media and things like that, what's your impression? And I've, I was thinking about this question last night. I never really have asked people about it, of shows like American Idol and The Voice and, you know, using those things as a, an avenue to, you know, hopefully try to launch one's career. What's your impression of that? I think that the, I have no problem with the shows. I think there, you know, there's some aspects that are really cool, and I, I think it's it's cool for there to be as much exposure as there is for mm-hmm. a, a lot of different people that are out there. Um, I think you're seeing, though, that the early idol winners and stuff were maybe the only ones to become these multi-million-dollar pop stars. You know, now it's kind of people that are on these shows are you know, they're important or popular, I guess, just about as long as the show is on air. And then people forget right. about them just as fast. You know, I have a tough time remembering anybody that's been on them. Granted, I don't really watch them as much as maybe some people do, but it right. seems to me that they it's become more disposable than in the past. I think they were actually trying to create a long-term, you know, music star or something along those lines. But mm-hmm. everybody likes competition, and everybody loves seeing or hearing a voice that can just blow you away I think that's the cool part that, and the reason those shows have lasted this long is people love good singing and they love great performances, whether it's, you know, in theater or on on the TV or anything. So I don't think that will ever get old for for me or for anybody else for that matter. But um, I guess just the length of their careers seems to be varying from my perspective. Right, right. No, I I totally agree with what you're saying. I think it's a an excellent form for people to try to get their name out there and, like you said, get heard and get noticed. And it's just, I think, a struggle with the longevity of how to make that last once the show is over. You know, if for some reason you just don't have that right marketing or label behind you to kind of get you to that next level and keep it going. So, but, yeah, no, right. I agree with you. Cool. So tell us about uh, some upcoming shows or tours that you guys have so people can uh, check you out live. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're finishing up a little Midwest run here the rest of this month, and then uh, in April we're going to be uh, hitting the road. We're doing some dates with Framing Hanley, and then we're going to be hitting the road with Traps um, until May. Cool. So we've got some really cool tours coming up. Um, we'll be all over the southern U.S. Um, through the East Coast and up on up. I think even as far as New York City. So um, a lot of good dates coming. We'll probably have some bigger announcements in the next couple of days about those tours and exactly where we're going to be at, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, our goal is obviously with uh, the album out and the single on the radio, we are going to be in the van moving from town to town and touring nonstop as we get into festival season and things along those lines for the summer. And hopefully people come out and see us everywhere we are. Definitely. Well, I want to wait. There's a person in the chat room right now, and he posted a really just nice comment. He said, hi, Jeff, just wanted to let you know I think it's awesome that you are so loyal to a small-town fan. You could fill your schedule with big shows, but I love that you still come to, and excuse my uh, language if I don't pronounce this correctly, uh, Menominee, Wyoming, just to rock out. Love you guys. I bet it's Menominee, Wisconsin. Oh, sorry, Wisconsin. Sorry, my bad. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that that is an awesome comment. I I think... uh, you know, that's one thing that we have tried to do, and we've been lucky enough to have just ridiculously supportive fans that have, you know, kept track of the band and supported the band for a number of years. And so, you know, even promoters and bar owners and club owners that, you know, are very um, supportive of us and making sure that they allow us to keep coming back. And, and they're right, you know, we we don't care where we play. We just want to play where people are into music and excited that we're there to party and have a good time. And so we do. We play in front of 3,000 people, and then we go play a venue that's you know can only hold 100, but we pack it out and have a great time with them. So I don't I don't see us ever stopping doing that because it, it really is important to us to maintain um, you know those chances to see those those different clubs and those different people. Definitely. No, it's definitely that you guys are again just so grounded like that that you could be playing in front of 100 people or thousands of people, and it's still just as fun and just as meaningful to you. So the fans definitely. Uh, hone in on that and really, you know, take that valuable to themselves and stuff. So that's cool. Yeah, it so definitely is a, important to us. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what do you like to do outside of music? I know you're pretty much music inundated all the time, but what do you like to do? Do you have any interesting hobbies or a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, I'm kind of a sports guy. Actually, the you know, 
pretty much the whole band is from just a, a working out, hit the gym, and then, you know, we play, when we're on the road, we're always playing, like, uh, flag football and stuff like that. So we, we like to stay in shape because, obviously, if you're eating gas station food and pizza every night, um, besides rocking stages, you got to find something to occupy your time and not turn into a 400-pound <laughs> singer or something like that. But, right. uh, so we get into that um, a lot on the on the sports side. Um, you know, we're what all kind into, of sports? What else besides your flag football? Um, basketball, golf, um, you, cool. know, you name it. If it's a sport, that's the cool part, too. We're all competitive, so, you know, we'll go out and find a bar and we'll play tabletop shuffleboard and, you know, talk trash to each other all night long over a couple of beers <laughs> doing that, too, and then do the same thing with some other stupid sport, lawn darts or something like that. So, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's just something to occupy time where we can compete a little bit and, and have a good time. Nice. Nice. Very cool. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on. I definitely want you to plug all of your social media sites where people can find you. And, uh, again, you're always welcome back on. I'd love to have you back on when you release some new music in the future. So please keep in touch with me. Absolutely. No, definitely appreciate you having us, Carrie. It's, uh, it's been cool. Um, the places they can see us is uh, facebook.com slash the number three pill morning, twitter.com slash the number three pill morning, uh, I'm just saying the number three, three till morning. Our website is three pill morning.com, um, YouTube slash three pill. And if you Google us, you ought to be able to find us, but we're out yeah. there and <laughs> I mean, definitely hit us up, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. We, you know, we try to reply to a hundred percent of things that get posted out there and keep in touch with everybody. Like I said before, so, uh, definitely drop us a line, drop us a private message, whatever you want to do, but we'd love to keep in tra- touch with people. And, uh, you know, looking forward to the tours ahead and meeting a lot of new people. Cool. Well, I hope to get the chance to meet you one day live at a show, so I will definitely be looking at your tour dates and see if you've passed near New Jersey or anything like that because that's where I'm located. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely keep my eyes out for you guys. It would be great to meet you and uh, see you live. Awesome. Okay. So thanks so much. And like I said, the podcast will be available. My podcasts do excellent in terms of getting lots of listens. So I'll keep promoting it and uh, hope you do the same. And like I said, yeah, you're always sure. welcome back on. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you again. Okay. Much continued success to you, Jeff, and the band. And give it all for the guys, too, in terms of me just saying that I love the music and what you guys are doing. We appreciate it very much. Okay. Awesome. Well, have a great night. You too. Bye. Okay. Take care. Bye. All right, everyone, again, that was Jeff Stebbins from 3 Till Morning. Please, like I said, if you tuned in late, the podcast will be available once the show is over. So definitely check them out, 3PillMorning.com, and as he said, all the different sites on Facebook, Twitter, etc. So some awesome upcoming interviews we have. Tom Cotter, the comedian that was the runner-up for America's Got Talent, he's going to be coming on in the near future. Awesome guy, really cool comedian. Also, uh, I Empire, the hard rock band, is going to come on. Uh, Red Light Chemistry, Red Line Chemistry, sorry, is going to also be coming on. And uh, Eve to Adam with their new single that they have right now uh, titled uh, Straight Jacket Supermodel. Really interesting uh, single. So we've got some really cool bands coming up, comedians, lots of other stuff. So please become a fan of my show on Facebook, The Carrie Edelman Show, by going to facebook.com forward slash The Carrie Edelman Show. I uh, love to communicate, as Jeff said, just like him, and keep in touch with people. My one page on Facebook is maxed out, so I started a second personal page, so please find that page. Befriend me. Let's keep in touch. Follow me on Twitter, at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will follow you. And thank you, everyone, again, for the support. Really appreciate it. going to close the show tonight with one of the songs off my album. It's the title track, Leave It All Behind. Again, it kind of sounds like Avril Lavigne, a little bit of Evanescence has the pop feel, rock feel. Um, I'm also looking to collaborate with other musicians. So if anyone wants to collaborate, I'm very open-minded, do everything from alternative, pop rock, hard rock music. Uh, So please be in touch with me. I'd love to work with some of you people out there. And we can always use my show as a forum to promote music. So thank you so much, everyone, and have a great night. We will be back next week. I'm probably going to do like a top ten countdown. So hopefully 3 till morning we'll make it into it. We're going to get them a lot of listens to get them into our uh, top 10 countdown on my show, and then we'll start up again in April. Can't believe it's already the end of the month. So um, thank you again. Please keep in touch, and uh, we will uh, check out some of the podcasts, all right? 
So here's the title track, Leave It All Behind. It's on iTunes, Amazon Music, Napster, all the digital sites. Thank you so much again, and have a great night.